Hey folks, thanks for tuning into the Banff Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lafferty, and here is our contractually obligated intro music. Uh, I wish you folks could have seen Alexander Thomas's very restrained happy dance while that was playing. Um, that That's a good beat. It's got, it's it got a good bop to it. It is a good beat. Um, and it assures our listeners and viewers that they are ingesting a high quality, um, finest production value, ethically sourced farm to table. Oh, wow. Podcast right now. Yeah. So anyway, welcome to the Banff Podcast. This is one of our occasional series on writers. And we're talking to uh, Alexander, Alexander Thomas, who um, I'll let him introduce himself here in a second. You can go to alexanderwrites.com, which you'll see in that really cool scrolling banner at the bottom of the screen. Check out his stuff. Uh, Alexander, why don't you introduce yourself to the uh, nice folks at home? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Alex is fine in person. Alexander's okay. just my fancy name or whatever, my, mm-hmm. my publishing name and my in trouble name. Um, but I am Alex. I am the uh, co-line developer for Mutants Masterminds of Green Running Publishing. I am the executive producer of the Untold Stories Project, an actual play channel where we do tabletop RPG streams. And I am the author of the Titan City Chronicles, a fantasy noir series of books uh, all about an alternate America where magic is real and wizards are portrayed by Humphrey Bogart. Oh my God, I love that idea. Yeah, it's um, I, I try to I try to tell people it's sort of like Dresden Files meets Casablanca, and or what if Humphrey Bogart went to Hogwarts? Is sort of a couple of the little elevator pitch styles. That's uh, Philip Marlowe with the Wizard Staff. You you got me. That's um, well, tell me about uh, the Magician's Sin. That's the book in that series. People can buy right now on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, this is book one in the series, mm-hmm. and it is the story of Anson Walker, who in the 1860s was the chosen one, and then after he fulfilled his prophecy, he was just left there for 70 years. Uh, we rejoin him in 1933 as he's sort of grappling with his immortality, and he has gone from being this heroic figure to being a monster hunter for hire uh, with several, several shades of Sam Spade underneath. Mm-hmm. Um he is um he's trying to take advantage of this event that happens every 70 years to put an end to his unnatural existence when he finds out that his ex-wife has been abducted and her daughter uh comes to him and says i need your help rescuing her before this happens and as he goes into the underbelly of titan city to fight mobsters and monsters he realizes that he might not be quite so ready to die as he thought he was i know usually i have to pride people into delivering the elevator pitch for their book but you had that queued up that's beautiful man thank you very much um, that sounds like a really fascinating book. I'm going to check this out. Um, so tell me, it is uh, a lot of times in, in urban fiction, uh, the urban fantasy, there will be like a one big, sometimes they call it the white event that reintroduces mm-hmm. magic into the modern day. Do you have something like that? Or is it more like an alternate history where magic has always been interwoven into society? So magic has always existed in the Titan City universe, but there is an event where the public became aware of it that the main character of this book is responsible for. Um, in 1908, he he took a job as a stage magician for his friend from the Civil War whose business was failing. And instead of learning stagecraft and all the fun Harry Houdini stuff, he was like, I'll just do real magic in front of everybody and make them deal with it. And uh, his assistant during that time in his life is who eventually wound up becoming his wife and together the two of them became costume crime fighters and he used his magic to fight mobsters and monsters and now in the last 20 years or so since that event has been 
revealed to the world, mm-hmm. everybody has sort of been grappling with how to have magic and monsters coexist with society at large, rather than doing the traditional urban fantasy thing where, um, where magic is sort of squirreled away from everybody else, and there's like a secret magic world. This is basically everybody is is in a free for all. So uh, how do you deal with that? Do, does the mobsters do they have their own stragas? Uh, you know, helping them do stuff like Hitman. Does the FBI have their own, you know, flying squad of wizards or something different? Yeah. So some of the mobs, um, there are several major organized crime families in the Titan City universe that have different relationships with monsters. The Irish Mafia, the uh, Kelly Gang is what they're called. They have monster whisperers who sort of persuade monsters to come and work for them in exchange for money and a place in society. The, uh, the proletariat, the Russian mob, they prefer to press gang monsters into doing what they want. So they sort of focus on animalistic creature style monsters rather than uh, rather than looking into, you know, sentient, quote unquote, monsters to work with them. That's and there is cool. a Department of Monster Affairs that is the government's representative in all this, where they've got monster spokespeople who are trying to show people that monsters are good. They can coexist. Uh, there are some who work with the police. They sort of get around. Okay. Um, do you deal with all uh, how organized religion has responded to that? Yes. Um, so the uh, Catholic Church is big in Titan City because it is in it's where Boston is supposed to be in uh, mm-hmm. in our world. So there are a lot of Catholics there who are sort of grumpy about the whole everything is real mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, and they have gotten a little bit of reassurances from their God that he's also sort of around. He's sent some emissaries down to be like, look, I'm real too, I promise. While these other gods and goddesses and other entities have sprung up uh, trying to build followings of their own now that they can kind of do it in public again like they used to. Look, here's a burning bush. How about that, guys, huh? Right? Yeah, the uh, Christian god, quote-unquote, he's the most powerful right now because Mm -hmm. he has come up with the ultimate multi-level marketing scheme. He created Christianity, Judaism, and Islam and said, hey, I'm real. There's only one god. Worship me. Um, and you know, you take me uh, back about 30 years. I, I actually remember being in a uh, in a church back in central Indiana where a, a, a preacher was was framing Jesus in the same terms as a, you know, a really successful marketer. Yeah, so. that's the thing. Uh, the power behind gods is human belief. The mm-hmm. power behind everything in the Titans in the universe is human creativity, imagination. But the humans don't quite know that yet at this point in history. So they're uh, still kind of wrestling with the old while they deal with with the new. This yep. sounds really, really fascinating. Uh, what is so? This book came out looks like uh, last year. So, uh, so it was originally released in twenty nineteen. Okay. Um, with a different publisher, but then the publisher went bankrupt, and I decided to re-release it self-published after I did an update and changed the cover and did all sorts of fun stuff with that. Okay. Is the cover on Amazon the current cover, or is the one on alexanderwrites.com the uh, current cover? Um, the one on alexanderwrites.com is the current paperback cover. Okay. This is a sample I'm, I'm playing with for the ebook cover. I'm still, I'm trying to come up with a cover that works for the series as a whole. And that's been, that's been a struggle. Yeah. Art, well, art is just a big deal, especially, um, for smaller publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that cover image has a lot to do with people clicking on your work and, you know, if they pick it up. But, uh, yeah, the, these are both pretty cool. I like the black and white one better, but I have to say the uh, full color one you have here. That's a Netflix series I would watch. Right. I like that about that, but that cover's not sustainable because there's uh there are I can't get stock art of certain characters that are in the future books. Uh 
Okay, cool. Well, that. Uh, so, what what is next in the series? Do you have another one coming out this year or next? Uh, the intention is to have another one out this year. Um, I want to have one out before the end of this year and one out in the beginning of next year. But the sequel is called The Titans Gambit, and it deals with um, it deals with Caroline Dupree, who is the daughter of Anson's ex-wife, who comes to bring him into the case, so to speak, grappling right. with new magical powers that she realizes she has in the first book, and she adopts a former hero's legacy and she gets constantly compared to that hero and she tries to determine is it worth dealing with that does it matter to me if i'm not as quote-unquote good as he was at the job um but she's working with a costume crime fighter to stop the titan prometheus from taking away humanity's free will which is the fire he gave us um in the mythology interesting i, I like how you get kind of an undercurrent of uh two-fisted you know, costume pulp heroes uh, running through these. Yeah, it was uh, it was important to me. I have a lot of superhero sort of chops. That's sort of what I work on most often is superhero stuff with mutants and masterminds, and that's the kind of media I like to consume. I wanted to make something that was sort of like mythology, urban fantasy, superheroes all bundled up together into a nice gooey noir nugget. Yeah, it's I, I dig it. I'm gonna check it out. Um, so I have a lot of authors on, and a lot of the people I've talked to in the last few years have made the jump over to Audible. Um, have you thought about doing that? I definitely want to. I um, I haven't figured out quite how to do so yet. Okay. okay. There's um, uh, there's. I want to do audio recordings because my mom said she won't read my books until they're audio books. <laughs> that's just how she. That's just how she consumes books. So I, I don't blame her for it, but. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't cast any stones at your mom because that is how I was once very snobby about audiobooks. I'm like, oh, that's not really reading. But um, now that I'm a grown up with a job and a kid and a couple of hobbies, um, yeah, pretty much the books I uh, take in, I take in while I'm driving or at the gym. So, uh, yeah, I understand completely. That's totally fair. I get it. It's um, I actually have a new map of Titan City I want to show you. I should have sent this to you before the... Uh... Okay. If you want to share a window, I can put it up in the podcast. Oh, that works. Yeah. Have you, uh, so I, this is the most obvious question I could ask, but you're a guy who works for Green Ronin. Mm -hmm. You're doing fiction that sounds like it's got, you know, one foot in superheroes. Have you considered doing uh, an RPG version of uh, this series? I definitely have, which is one of the big reasons I commissioned a, uh, a map of the city. Wow. Um, oh, look at this. It's beautiful. This is beautiful. I'm, um, I want... And the main character of the first book, Anson, is a... Um, he started as a Mutants of Masterminds player character for me, who had mm -hmm. an unfortunate end in a game that I disagreed with. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write my own book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the GM to determine how this character dies. And... It got a little out of hand, and now here I am. <laughs> well, you know, that's probably the healthiest way to cope with that kind of disappointment, though. So, Yeah, I think um, so. But, yeah, that, well, I, who is your map maker? Because this is really, really well done. Uh, her name is Chloe, uh, Chloe Balland? Ballard. Okay. She, Ballard. Um, I found her on Twitter, and she she was awesome. She she read my uh, my brief. She got this all exactly the way I wanted it to be, and... It made it feel so real. Like there, there's things on this map where I'm like, oh, that's really annoying for some of the people who live there. Like down here in Baywash, they only have one subway stop. So 
So everybody who lives here has to commute to that train station before they can go anywhere else in the city. Uh, you know, some neighborhoods are like that, though. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that is a beautiful little map. I've spent some time commissioning maps over the years for various RPG projects, and uh, oh, you get a good one here. This is nice. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to release it as a campaign source, a campaign setting for Eminem. It just depends on when I have time to do that writing and all that. Yeah, it sounds like you're pretty busy. Um, you know, I, I am not going to ask you anything about Eminem Fourth Edition because I'm sure you get those questions a lot. Say at Gen Con just last month, so I'm, I'm not going to ask anything about that. But um, well, hey, this is really cool. Uh, do you have a, a process to heal those guys who you know? Got to get up every morning at 5 a.m. or write until 6, or you just kind of write whenever the muse takes you, or you dictate into your smartphone as you're driving? Or, um, So I am one of those writers who has to sit down and write every every day. Um, mm -hmm. I have, there's, it just, and that's mostly powered by deadlines. I've got so many deadlines all the time that I'm always trying to knock something down before it comes up and gets me. Um, and I impose some of those deadlines on myself in order to keep myself disciplined, but it's something I've learned through my work. Uh, in the tabletop RPG industry to be good about because oftentimes if you can write on time that's more important than being able to write well. What's well, so that they say there's three qualities in a writer uh, getting in on time, writing well and being pleasant to deal with mm -hmm. and you can uh, you can be two out of the three just yeah. pick which two you want to be. So. Yeah I, I've found that too I um as I've been sort of hiring writers to work with that's been it's been weird being on both sides of the sides of that spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, once I scan, I said, no questions about 4th Ed Eminem, but uh, is there anything new coming out we should know about for Mutants and Masterminds? Oh, uh, we have a couple of cool things coming out. We have the Astonishing Adventures Assembled, which is going to be six of the Astonishing Adventures we brought out last year uh, in a print book, so that you'll have six adventures that you can bring to the table. Uh, and Steve, Crystal, and I have come up with ways to turn all six of those adventures into a campaign, even though they're not connected. So there's three mm -hmm. campaigns in the book. Um, and I have a series of time travel, uh, a time travel trilogy of adventures that's coming out uh, before the end of the year for Astonishing oh. Adventures. So that's going to be, it's going to be a ton of fun. A group of heroes has to stop the, basically a, basically a writer who is frustrated with editorial interference in the timeline. Mm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to see a superhero RPG time travel um, adventure, just because those are some of the most fun uh, plot lines in the mm. comic books and movies. It's just uh, I, you get. I figure it takes a lot of uh, preparation and maybe outlining to make sure you get all the ducks in the row on that. Yeah, and the um, it's sort of like a love letter to my child self because there's so many things in here that are just wild fun. Like when they go to the wild. A bunch of time periods get smashed together by this editor, this timeline editor. So, like when they go to the Wild West, the cowboys are riding velociraptors and herding triceratops, and the Age of Sail is powered by cyberpunk technology. So, there's like shadow runners on pirate boats trying to kill each other. It's a whole bunch of fun. Oh, that sounds awesome! I can't wait to see that. Oh, cool, cool. Um, was talking to a mutual friend of ours, Christopher McLaughlin, uh, before we got on. He suggested I ask you about your essay about Triangle. Um, although that was not in transgressive horror, right? That was in this most recent science fiction uh, book right. Chris put together. Yes, that's uh, that's in the science fiction one. That's not out yet, but yeah, still in layout. But the uh, the, the movie I did it for, I, I had never seen before. I sat down to write the essay, and it was awesome. Um, it was sort of a modern 
retelling of the Sisyphus tragedy. But it was an excellent masterclass on how to make a character's crappy decisions and the consequences of those decisions be what propels the plot forward. And I talk about that uh, in the essay a little bit. Uh, it's a story about a woman who goes out sailing with her friends. Their boat gets turned over and they get picked up by a ghost ship called the Aeolus. And on the ship, uh, she finds out that she's stuck in a time loop, sort of like Groundhog Day. Mm. Except the loop is all of her friends die and then she winds up being the person trying to kill all of her friends and then she gets knocked off the boat and then this really horrible tragic thing happens at the end which i won't spoil here but i will spoil I in the that. essay cool cool and um yeah i really wish i could throw out a link and say hey you can get the essay here but um i think we're still hurting all the writers in and getting it into layout but um it's got a cool cover and it is right there so yeah that's by hal mangold right the legendary Hal Mangold, yeah, who does a lot of your layout and cover design over at Green Ronin, I believe. So, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Hal, uh, Hal is a god among men. So, uh, cool, cool. Um, well, hey, uh, so people check out and check out the Magician's Sin um, at uh, tinyurl.com slash Alex Thomas Writer. Go to your Amazon page. They can pick that up for a ridiculously cheap price in Kindle form. And um, they should be looking at the end of the year for the second book. The Titan's, the Titan's Gambit. Yes. Titan's Gambit. And com if they want to find out the rest of your projects you're involved with. Um, Alex, I really appreciate your time. I know it's a holiday weekend and everything. Appreciate you coming on, talk to us and whatnot. Yeah, of course. I hope uh, I hope uh, people like what's going on, and I can't wait to see some more people in Titan City. Yeah, sweet. All right, thanks for your time. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. And we will see you next time on the BAMP podcast.